If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. I want to start this week's episode by saying a thank you for making this podcast part of your routine. Now, there's thousands of podcasts out there, and it means a lot to me that you choose me as your coach and as your mentor. So I have an invitation for you today. If you like my philosophies and you're ready to join a group of people who are growing and taking action towards financial freedom and fulfillment, then hop on a call with someone on my team at rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call to find out how we can help you achieve those goals. Trying it alone is something I tried, but trying it with others accelerates the journey toward your success. You don't have to do it all alone. We are there to help. So will you take the next step? All you have to do is say yes, and let's get started. Welcome to another session of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. I'm your host, Rock Thomas, and I have a dear friend, J.B. Owen, who's in studios with us today. And wow, wait till you hear what she's up to. Some really cool stuff. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Rock. Delighted to be here. So we met about, what, five, six, seven years ago in, I want to say Barcelona or something like that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible time, really changing the planet and making things happen. And you've been up to some great stuff. Love watching what you're doing. Thank you. And I think you actually met your husband at that event or things got a little serious, (laughs) if I remember correctly. Yeah, I did meet him there. Although in the beginning, we were just totally platonic and friends. And then it's always amazing how friendships blossom into something fabulous. That's beautiful. So let's talk a little bit about what you're up to and your your Ignite. Um, you know, you're impacting a lot of people. So tell us a little bit about what that's about. Yeah, I've been really blessed to be working with authors, helping them transform their lives by telling their authentic stories. And we all have what I call these Ignite moments, these powerful moments that really change us and transform us, really push us in a new trajectory into that greater version of ourselves. And so I've been helping hundreds and hundreds of people tell these Ignite moments with the desire to impact and inspire others, because we all can relate to this process of perseverance and dedication and life-changing experiences. And it's what we do with it that really makes a difference. Do we go on the hero's journey and make the best of it and let it become that silver lining that changes our life? Or do we become the villain or the victim? And Ignite is really about telling these powerful stories to encourage others. If you can do it, I can do it. If she can do it, he can do it. And it's these powerful stories, I think, that are bringing us together and making a difference in what's happening with humanity right now. So what was the fuel behind you wanting to to specifically help other people do this? Well, you know, for a long time, I had my own story that I kept hidden and secret from people. I didn't want people to know what was really going on with me and some of the skeletons I had in my closet. And it was eventually over time when I shared them that I actually made me feel better, healed me, brought me forth in my own journey. And then I realized how helpful it was to other people. And I realized so many of us have these moments, bankruptcy, divorce, you know, difficulty, death in a family member, something that happens to them that we actually use that as a precipice to push us forward into the greater experience of what it is we're supposed to be doing. Now, we talked off the show a little bit what you're up to recently. Then I want to backtrack to, to maybe parts of your story. 
Um, tell us a little bit about this journey you recently did, this cycling journey. Well, last year I turned 50 and it was like, okay, what am I going to do for my 50th? And how am I going to mark my 50th? And we were stuck indoors like everybody else was sheltering in and COVID. And I decided I wanted to do something really out of the box. And I had a tandem bike sitting in the garage collecting cobwebs. So I said to my husband, let's cycle 5,000 kilometers across Canada and show people what's possible. We need to start thinking about what's possible instead of waiting for the government or waiting for the pandemic to end and not sure how we can move forward. I'm like, let's really ignite possibilities. And so we cycled 5,000 kilometers on our tandem bike across Canada, never been an athlete, was 16 pounds overweight at 50 years old, and decided to just go after it. Now this summer, because again, not being able to travel outside of Canada, we decided to cycle to the top of the world highway uh, in the Yukon, just outside the Alaska border, 6,700 kilometers. Again, we got on the bike. Again, I had gained weight from COVID. I get 51 this year, but I really wanted to show people what's possible and you can do things through the power visualization because I had started training before my cycle about a month before because there was still snow here in Canada in May. And I visualized every single day making it on the bike, doing the 150 kilometers a day. And the very first day I did 98K, which I'd never done before, but the power visualization really got us there. Tell me a little bit about that, break that down for people, because we throw that term around visualizing and vision boards and all of that. But I find that people struggle to actually, you know, connect the dots and make that real. So break that down a bit for us. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was really obvious because here I am getting on a bicycle. I have to cycle to make our, to make our deadline. We needed to do about 150 K a day. Now that's physically pushing the pedals at six to seven hours on the bike. So before I, I couldn't do that. I mean, I was at home. We had the kids. I was in the office every day. I couldn't cycle six hours a day. I couldn't even fathom what 150 kilometers look like as far as I hadn't done it. So every single day I visualized myself on the bike, on the road with the horizon, pushing, pedaling, meditating, focusing, like just really seeing myself do it, seeing the finish line, seeing myself get to the top of those hills, seeing myself make it up the mountain. And when I got on the bike and I clicked in my head, my heels and off I went, my body was like, oh, I've been here before. I know what this looks like. I know what I need to do because I had been focusing on it and visualizing and doing it. And so for me, what I really want to share with your viewers is that when you see it happening, when you actually like put yourself in the cellular experience of it happening and you doing it, body, mind, soul, spirit, everything inside of you knows that it's possible. The brain, the body, it doesn't know the difference between I haven't done this before physically. It mentally has that, that, that movie, that, that, that imprint in it to go after it. And that's really what I want to share with your, with your viewers. You can do it, but you really, really have to visualize it on a 360 degree experience. Oof, I, I literally got goosebumps. I love that. <laughs> That's so good. I want to just repeat a couple of things for the listeners is when your brain says, I've been here before, how great is that? And to really have a cellular experience in your mind, because it doesn't know the difference. And you can go from the victim to the hero. That's beautiful.
Yeah. And, you know, this year we cycled to Alaska, which meant we had to go through numerous mountain ranges. I mean, cycling across Canada through the prairies is one thing, but when you are doing a 20 kilometer straight, 18% incline, I mean, we got off the ferry in Dawson city and the guys like, where are you headed? We're like top of the world. He's like, good luck. And he kind of gave us that look and we kind of laughed. We're like, how hard can it be? It took us two and a half hours to cycle 20 kilometers uphill, straight uphill, nonstop. There was never a point where the road was not on an incline. And it took us 19 minutes to go down that same <laughs> two and a half hour hill. <laughs> but the truth was, I just kept seeing the top. I just kept yeah. seeing one push after the other, get to the top, get to the top, get to the top. Now, the interesting thing about that 20 kilometers was it rained, it snowed, it was sunny, it rained again, there was mud, gravel. We got all the elements. And of course, I say to myself, there's going to be a little bit of rain while you're cycling to the top of the world. <laughs> So who is in the front and who's in the back? <clears throat> well, Peter's always in the front and they call that the captain. I'm in the back and it's called the stoker. And I like to say that the stoker has to work harder because we got to get up on the bike every once in a while and push a little bit when, you know, the uh, front guy, the captain is changing gears. But of course, every single pedal is absolutely synonymous. And so Peter and I are working together to do it the entire time. And it is a beautiful experience to do something like that with your partner. I got to share. Did you find because you you spent all that time in unison and connected and common goal, um, did you at the end of the day collapse together? Did you want time apart? What was that dynamic like? Well, that's a really interesting question because we we actually had this very personal conversation where we said, you know, it's interesting, not only are you sitting on a bike and, you know, your personal parts don't really want to have any business with the other person. But what I will say is it was so intimate to be breathing and pacing and pushing and climbing and wee down the hill together that I felt more closer to Peter than I've ever felt with anyone in my life. And it's because we, we, we saw it together. We saw the vistas, we saw the eagle go by. We, we saw the bear on the side of the road together. And we really got to have this incredible dialed out experience of electronics and work and, and all this stuff outside. And we got to be in our own little bubble. And that truly was one of the most intimate experiences you can have with another person. That's so beautiful. It's such a great metaphor, I think, for life, right, is all the concepts, the visualization, the teamwork, the communication, the microclimates that you went through that could be economical climates in people's lives. They could be health climates in people's lives and how you transition through that and how you attach meanings to it. I'm curious from a logistics perspective, what did you carry? Um, how did you, like, did you have knapsacks? Did you have something? <laughs> did, you, did you travel light? Did you buy things along the way? Well, we were so blessed because we did rent an RV and our two teenage daughters came with us and then we hired a driver and a cook. And so we were really lucky because we had a follow vehicle. So we would get up in the morning and start cycling for two hours. And then our follow vehicle would leapfrog ahead of us, set up camp, make our lunch. The girls would meet us. We'd have a break, eat, off we'd go. The follow vehicle would find us again. And so we got to stay in the motorhome every night. We got to park on the side of the road. We got to be in these really incredible places. And it really was, you know, ultimately, logistically, the great way to do it. But of course, we had to have constant rain gear and warm gear. And we cycled this summer, which was a heat wave in Canada. And I mean, there were days where we had to be up at five in the morning just to get out on the bike before the sun came up because it was so, so hot out. 
Um, I have pictures of me with, you know, the face mask and the toque and, and mitts on because it was so cold in the Yukon. We, we kind of got the whole gamut for sure. Were you never tempted to just hook the bikes to the back of the RV and say, well, <laughs> the next couple hundred miles, you know, on the RV and just kick back? You know, it's just not my personality. There were days where I was like, we have to do it. There were days where the girls were like, mom, you know, you've done enough and it's, you can stop. And, but there was this passion to make this completion. And I I'll share with you again, not being an athlete, never having really extraneous exercise, not being someone who's, you know, has ever competed before, I felt so driven to do it for myself, to prove to me that it was possible. And we got excited about the challenges. Peter was really good about not telling me always what was ahead of us. Um, and there were days where I, I started this little mantra where I thought, you know, Navy SEALs, they never give up. And so there were days when I was on the hill going, SEAL pups, don't give up. SEAL pups, don't give up. And I would just keep telling myself, you got to keep going. I will share with you one profound learning, though. Last year, when we were at 4,927 kilometers, we were just so shy of our finish line. I literally said to Peter, you know what, let's stop. And he asked me what was going on. I said, you know, I feel full. I feel complete. I feel absolutely saturated in this in this experience i feel like i could rack the bike and go home now of course i didn't because we were so close to 5000k but what i said to him was it's not about the number and so often in life you know the number on the scale the number on the bank account the number on uh, the followers and the and the likes we attach so much meaning to the number and what i said to peter was I feel so full in this experience that the number has now become irrelevant. And I thought that was really profound because a lot of people get to that number and they don't feel fulfilled. I mean, I said to Peter, what if we got to 5,000 K and I felt totally disappointed like people who win an Oscar and they're, you know, they, take their life the next day. Unfortunately, people have these moments that they put upon some number that's so important to them. And what I really want to share with your viewers is it's not about the number. It really isn't about the number. It's about the experience and it's about the feelings. What feelings are you trying to, to have in your life? And you think the money or the number is going to create that feeling. It's not. And so I really coach people now, what is the experience you want? What's the emotion that you're going for? And it's not just one. We all think happiness or peace. The truth is it's a cornucopia. It's a cauldron of emotions that you're really looking for to have that experience. And when you attach to the experience, going back to visualization, the experience that I wanted to have, the feelings that I wanted to have, the triumph that was inside of me was what drove me. It wasn't the number. And I really, really want to say the 5,000 number was really actually less important than it was the experience and the emotions. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. <clears throat> you know, if you characterize that in watching a, a sporting event, having a blowout 50 to nothing is boring. But I did capture a game a few weeks ago that was back and forth and back and forth. And, and every time you thought the team was out and there was an interception or a fumble or um, something dramatic and or they didn't prepare in time, they got a penalty so they couldn't get the field goal and the controversy. And but it was it was the like you said, this this emotional roller coaster of they even at one point thought it was a touchdown. Everybody ran on the field, game over. They reviewed it. They went into overtime. And this emotion of like the, like the quarterback who was the underdog was celebrating. I won. I beat like, you know, my mentor on the other side. And then he had to go back and reset and come back again. And I love the fact that you're saying that, you know, 
our life is the emotions we live in. And so if you can be intentional about appreciating the, the differences, the highs, the lows, the, the, the snow, the rain, the downhill, the uphill, what more do you want? Because you're gonna arrive with the Oscar or you're gonna have 10 million in the bank account, it's not gonna make you happy, right? So it's such a great message. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and I cycle it back to writing also. Like when people tell their story, they some people want to tell their story because they want to be a New York Times bestseller, but some people, and really the people that I like to work with, tell their story because they want to have the emotional experience of healing, of transformation, of sharing, of helping others, of, of giving, being that lifeline for someone else. And it's the emotional connection that happens around really embracing our story and where we've come from. A lot of people get caught up on the things that they did. I could have said, well, I'm never an athlete. I'm only, I'm 50 years old. There's no way I can do this. It's the old story that we tell ourselves that prevents us from stepping into the new version of ourselves. And that is really the transformation. And I think all of us are seeking, what is this new version of me? How can I improve, grow, evolve, and be better, not only for my life, for those around me? So that being said, when you um, are helping authors, are most of the men or women? Well, it's a real cross-section, to be honest. We are so blessed to have uh, published over 700 authors from 27 different countries. And our youngest author is 12, and our oldest author is well over 60. And so we're, we feel like people come to a, a time in their lives where they They've learned something from their story. They've learned something from the trials and tribulations that have been put before them. And they want to share that and they actually want to gift it to others. And I think that's the, the real power behind Ignite is that all of our authors want to gift their story, gift their wisdom, that golden nugget that they've learned to someone else so that that person can have a better experience of their life. What are some of the best um, stories or or maybe from the story you've extracted something like oh my god that's such a great message you have a few of those well interesting in ignite happiness my three kids wrote their stories in that book we did that across section of all ages so all my kids wrote in that book and it was fascinating to me because they wrote things that i didn't even know and i became really emotional to see their lives through their eyes and to read what they had to share. My son, you know, shared about divorcing his dad in a way that I never even understood that he, he saw through his vision of the experience. And it really brought us closer together. And I think a lot of authors have had that experience who've been through trauma or divorce or sexual abuse. They've been able to heal a lot of that with the people and the family members in their life. Uh, I just recently, we've, we're doing a book right now with Les Brown and many of Les Brown's followers. And one of the authors wrote a really neat experience about how God fills a room full of presents for you. And your job is to unwrap those presents. And it's an endless unlimited supply of gifts and presents for you. You just have to step into the room and be willing to unwrap them. And I thought that was a really great analogy because the universe does provide you with endless number of gifts and opportunities and possibilities. You just have to be brave and willing enough to unwrap them and unfold and see what, you know, is going to be your next experience. I like that. And then how does that characterize when you have things go not the way you want? He gave you some, some gifts that were... Well, uh, does he talk about that at all? Well, it's 
you know, I believe that everything happens for our highest good. It absolutely happens for our highest good. And we've had authors who have signed up for books and then not, you know, been able to make it to the finish line. They've changed books. They switched along the way. They've taken time off. It always happens for our highest good. And if you believe that everything, even what we deem in our human experiences, oh, this isn't so great, or why is this happening to me? If you can flip that switch and be like, every single thing that is happening is actually happening for our highest good. It may not look like that right now in our human conditioning, but ultimately in the big picture, you know, God is moving the chess pieces on your chessboard in so many powerful ways. If you truly believe that, that it may not look like it right now, but it absolutely is for my highest good that will unfold before you and it will be bigger and more profound than you ever imagined. So cliche question, but if you were to go back to your 20 year old self, what are some of the words of wisdom you would share with that? version of yourself. Yeah, amazing. Well, I've always been a super driven individual and I love, love, love to achieve things. I I really do push myself constantly. If it's going to be big, JB's going to make it bigger. While I was cycling last year on a mountain in the pouring rain, in the in the fog, on a slippery hill, the trucks were going by, splashing water against my face like needles. Our follow vehicle came back because it was such treacherous weather. They're like, you know, can we pick you up? And I'm like, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. And Peter's like, who are you trying to prove something to? And I said, I'm trying to prove it to myself. I'm not going to stop. But the truth was, I really was in one of the most dangerous situations. We, we could have slid off the off the mountain. The guardrails were there. It was a windy road with only, you know, a tiny bit of shoulder. It really was an actually super dangerous situation. And I remember seeing fear in my daughter's eyes as I refused to stop cycling. What I realized in that moment was everything we do is enough. We don't have to really prove anything, just who we are being in the way that we are born into this incredible experience. We are enough. We don't have to prove that we are enough. We are enough already. And as I was trudging up the hill and water was dripping off my nose and tears were coming out of my eyes and water was pouring down my neck, I realized I am enough just the way I am. I don't have to transverse this huge mountain, be in an incredibly dangerous situation to prove that I'm enough. Now, when I came down off the mountain, the first town was called Marathon, and I had to laugh because I thought, well, I've done my marathon. (laughs) I am enough just the way I am. And when you come to that place, everything you do after that just seems like a bonus. It's like icing on the cake. And when you really feel like you are enough, just the way you are, just born being you, unique to every other person on the planet, then anything you do just gets to be fun and joyous and a privilege and an experience that you get to take with it what you can. Yeah, well, the not enough conversation for those of you that are listening is uh, Brendan Brown has some great, great content on that. And we tend to as humans play that not enough song all day long and trying to prove to our loved ones that we're worthy of love, et cetera. And it never seems to stop. So in that moment for you, you felt like you recognized that it stopped. Why do you think it is that we enjoy then also the um, overcoming adversity? I mean, it's very, very empowering when you finish and you get off and you have that glow and you have that endorphins in your body. So how do you, how do you be, blissfully content, but yet not totally satisfied. 
Well, great question. I mean, I think it comes down to character. Really, for many of us, we want something more in our lives. We want to have meaning. We want to have purpose to what we do. And if you can decide what that is for you, I talk about currency of success. We all have our own unique currency of success. For some people, it's an avocado farm in Costa Rica. It's a simple life. For some people, it's a house on a hill with a swimming pool. But when you know what your currency of success is, what really matters to you, what is a marker for you instead of what you think you should do, your parents want you to do, the Jones want you to do, when you really, really narrow down what makes me feel the most attached to myself, the most content in my experience, and you know what that is, and you go after that, again, going back to those feelings, what is the feelings that you want to have? What is the emotions that you want to have? How do you want to lay down at the end of the day and think about yourself and your own experience on this planet? sidebar of material things. When you can get to that place and really understand what that is, then I think striving feels more like having fun, more like achieving, more like um, enjoying than it feels like competing or trying to climb a ladder of I'm not enough. Beautiful. Love that. So if somebody wants to write a book, how do they get in touch with you? Absolutely. So I'm the only JBO and on Facebook, so that's easy. But igniteu.life is where you can find out about our incredible series. We have just published 17 international bestsellers in the last two years. So we're really excited. Uh, we're doing an incredible book with Les Brown called Ignite the Hunger in You. And we're doing a summit on that in November. So igniteTheHungerInYou.com, you can find out more information. And of course, obviously, Instagram and Facebook, JBO, and you can find me there. So talk, talk people through a little bit what that looks like, the length of time, participation, because a lot of times when you talk to people about writing a book, most people, first of all, go, oh, I'm not an author or I'm, I could never write a book. So you, you know, you've got to get them past that piece. And then they're going to think, what's the cost and how much time, et cetera. And, and I think naively, there's probably two camps. Some people think it's like too big a mountain to climb. And other people are like, oh, I'm going to write a book in three months. So maybe give a little color to that. Yeah, well, we are super fortunate because we do something that nobody else really is doing in the business. We really talk about being an authorpreneur and the business behind being an author. So I walk you through a four-month process. We do all the heavy lifting for you. We teach you a really unique formula about writing your Ignite story and your Ignite moment. Then we help you with all the editing. We do all the marketing. We do all of the branding. We take the book's bestseller on Amazon. We really teach you the business of being an author. And the great way, uh, the great thing about doing it in a compilation series, because a lot of our books are done with 35 people around a theme, is that you really get the strength of the other individuals in the book. And so you leverage off of their networks and you leverage off of their experience. And so if someone's promoting the book in Italy, they're indirectly promoting the book for you. And if we go bestseller in Australia, you're a bestselling author in Australia and, and Peru and France and Canada and America. So there's a lot of, of branding and benefits from being in a compilation book, not only is the experience of you really immersing yourself into the story. And this is the powerful piece of it. We, call, we have what we call ignite impact moments. Something happens to us in our childhood or somebody said something to us and it causes us to live our lives in a certain way. Later in life, we have what we call an ignite transformational moment where we realize like that's not really the way it is or that's not the truth or I don't need to be like that anymore and when you can look at those two experiences with a new viewfinder of who you are today you actually can change and transform how you felt about that experience and that is the power of writing your story because who wants to live in the past of 
so-and-so said this to me, or my teacher did this to me, or my husband left me. If you can look at that situation and see what you gained and what you gleaned from it, and then you can gift that to somebody else, it's absolutely transformational. I love that. What you gained and what you gleaned. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I'll ask you, have you had an Ignite moment in your life that was really the pinnacle of sort of the thing that set you into what you're doing now in your life? I love people's Ignite moments. Yeah, of course. I call them triple E's, extreme emotional events that, you know, really uh, you, you get at a crossroads. And like you said, hero or victim generally is the two paths that you take. You're becoming empowered or disempowered. So I've had many of them in my life. And I think my listeners have heard, heard a lot of them. Uh, one was when I was called Pizza Face and I transformed that into Ruggedly Handsome. Yeah. So that was a huge um, identity shift, right? And that's really what it's about, is transforming the way you interpret yourself and how you show up in the world. So I think that's beautiful. Yeah, and it Um, ended up being a gift. I mean, really, of the same. My dad told me to put a bag on my head when I was 12, and I just it just stuck with me forever until one day I was like, I'm taking that bag off my head. You know, I'm I'm gonna be who I'm meant to be, and that's his stuff. And so we really get those those gifts that come with us for years and years on end. And we don't realize they're a gift until one day we're sort of really awakened to this is going to help propel me forward. And now I'm a publisher of hundreds of thousands of downloads that are helping people transform their life because I believe we all deserve to be seen. We all deserve to be heard. And we all have an incredible story that deserves to be told. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I think that, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And they, you know, we're innocent when you're younger, you don't know. My brother called me pizza face. He, he was just trying to level the playing field. I was taller than him. My father married his mother. He felt insecure. And so I was young and susceptible and believed it and then took it on. And until you retransform it or you reframe it, um, you can live your entire life. There's many people, JB, that you and I have not touched yet and, and that are still living through a filter that yeah. sucks. Right. Some label, somebody offered them and they're like, oh, I guess I'm just shy or I'm stupid or whatever. Right. Or I need to have a bag over my head. And and that can really be that. I think that's why you and I do the work we do is because we know that we've been liberated to a certain degree and we want to help other people. Um, Interesting side question is your relationship with Peter, um, the dynamic between the masculine and the feminine. I, I talk a lot about that in my teachings and how to create a very um, intimate, powerful sexual relationship, but at the same time, understand that we both have fa- uh, masculine and feminine sides to ourselves. Um, how is that showing up in your relationship? Because I know Peter a little bit. I know that he's masculine, but I also know that he can be feminine. And I also know that when JB decides that shit's going to go down, <laughs> get the fuck out of the way. You know? <laughs> Well, we are so blessed because Peter lets me be super masculine in the office and at work and in my business. And then I have to be honest with you, when we're in the bedroom and we're by ourselves, I am like the littlest girl. I am totally feminine. I get to turn on my feminine and it's such a gift. It's such a blessing. And for a lot of people, it's a little bit of a role reversal. Peter is the primary caregiver for the kids. He's the primary domestic. He does so much of the stuff around the house. And yet when we're by ourselves, 
ourselves or when we're on the bike or when we're doing our own things, like he is the king of the castle. And so I think really learning when you are in your role and when you want to be in that masculine feminine and your partner truly gifts it and allows it and embraces it and, and inspires and encourages it. And then you can really surrender to that other side of you for a woman in business. And for a long time, you know, there was this, I, maybe you don't know, but for a long time as a woman in business, I really felt like I had to be this certain masculine way. And it's been such a gift to me to have be able to turn on the feminine and really enjoy that feminine side of me and be able to do both. And I think that's the power of a successful relationship when you can be both and honor your partner for the gifts that they have. And, you know, Peter is such a sensitive, loving, caring, very femininely empowered male. And that is such a blessing for me. So it just works. Oh, man, so such a beautiful answer. Uh, I think that if if you're listening to this, you're not familiar with the masculine feminine is understand that the masculine is more of um, goal oriented decision, moving forward, breaking through, making things happen. And the feminine is more about beauty and creation and openness and vulnerability even. Um, and I think the ability for the two of you to play in that is beautiful. I think a lot of people don't understand that. And then people stay stuck in a mode and they understand why their relationships are not where they could, could be. So lots to learn from JB Owen, lots to do. If you want to share your story and if you want to follow her, check her out. She's the only one JB Owen on Facebook. And what a beautiful story. What a fabulously powerful and yet gentle woman. Thank you so much for joining us on Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Blessings. Thanks, Rock. Big kisses to you. We'll see you all on the next episode. If you like this episode, of course, subscribe and um, make sure that you follow us for more great episodes. We'll see you on the next one. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.